Hello, and welcome to another episode of Piecing the Parsha Together. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Emor. Emor essentially focuses at the beginning about rules of Kohanim, which is obviously very fitting for Sefer Vikra, which the Ramban says in his introduction is really focused on the Kohanim. Additionally, later in the Parsha you have uh, the one of one of the few different places where the Torah talks about the Muadim in some detail, and the Ramban again at the beginning of the parsha, beginning of the Sefer, says that this is related to the Kohanim because obviously the Kohanim are going to be the ones doing the korbanos that are brought for the different Yomim Tovim. Interestingly, there is a, a slightly recurring theme in the parsha related to the Muadim, that has to do actually with the concept of time. The Parsha starts with, again, um, Hashem telling Moshe to speak to the Kohanim and tell them about the laws of Tuma and Tahara. This follows the final discussion of Parsha Shkidoshim, which related to Ov and Yedoni, different kinds of sorcery or divination. The Balaturim, at the beginning of the Parsha, writes that the connection to the Kohanim not being matama themselves, not defiling themselves, has to do with the uh, prohibition in the previous Parsha related to Ov and Yedoni. Because if the, Kohan, the, the Ov and Yedoni would, would involve um, using corpses for the divination, Kohanim can't become Tame, therefore they, they can't do that. And he says, furthermore, that really you shouldn't use the Oven Yedoni, rather you should use the Orin Vitumim, which is something, once again, that's under the purview of the Kohanim. The more expansive Mikroskatolos on this Balaturim quotes from the Rishon of Chaim Paltiel, and he says that majority of Kohanim were uh, Nevi'im. He lists a number of different people mentioned in Tanakh who are Kohanim and are Nevi'im, and he says it could be that those that are not Kohanim would become jealous, and they would therefore reach out to the Oven Yidoni so that they too would have insight into the future. But I think, again, this question of the future, this question of time at the beginning of the Parsha, there's a a message in the juxtaposition, uh, there's a message that comes up later in the Torah where it talks about being tamim we don't necessarily seek to know the future that way. We rely on Nevi'im, if Hashem has a message to convey, He will. It is not in our place to necessarily try to figure out the future, to try to, I don't want to say cheat, uh, to, to, you know, to, get, to get heads up on what's going to happen. That is not uh, what Hashem wants from us. And there's several instances where the Torah tells us not to go after the Ov and Yidoni. And specifically Kohanim, if they have to serve in the base of Migdash, they, they cannot be uh, Tame. And if there's a question of Korbanos, the, the Ov and Yidoni may involve some sort of sacrifice. The sacrifices we give are directed to, towards Hashem, which relates to later in the Parsha. We shift gears towards uh, the Mu'adim. We first have a section, a few Pesukim, where it talks about uh, korbanos, and one of the first things it says is that a korban has to be with its mother for seven days. 
And it also mentions a prohibition against shechting a mother and the baby on the same day. And there's a volatorium here again when it talks about time. And he says that if someone offered on the first day, someone might think he's he's um, offering it to the uh, Shemayim arts, which is plated on the first day. And he goes through the other days of creation. Therefore, he says, wait till after seven days. And everybody knows. Everybody else, Hashem created the world in seven days, and then you can, it's clear that you're offering it for Hashem's sake. Once again, this concept of time and time mattering and doing things in the appropriate time, and the significance of time. And finally, and then again, we go through the Muadim, and those are the holy convocations um, that Hashem wants us to keep. And um, there's a comment from the Kli Yakar. Now we are in Perak Chav Gimel Pasuk Beis, and the Kliyakar, you know, goes quotes this Rashi. Why Shabbos mentioned with Muadim? Shabbos is not exactly one of the Yom Tovim. It comes up every week. It's not a yearly thing. And <clears throat> there's a the Rashi says that um, the laws of Shabbos still apply on a Yom Tov. Yom Tov doesn't push off Shabbos. The Kliyakar comments that we've already learned uh, something about this as relates to the Mishkan. Shabbos was mentioned before the Mishkan. Therefore, Shabbos pushes off the building of the Mishkan. So he says the same thing would apply over here. And then he continues that really what is what is being said, because before it mentions Shabbos, it talks about calling out the Muadab. He says that refers to the idea of establishing the calendar. And as we Mishnah in um, Rosh Hashanah says, that the Shalichim can go out. To tell people to aid us, and um, he then says, "You might think that based on a Yalkut uh, Shimoni. So once we know that um, the idea of aid us for Kiddush Chodesh pushes off Shabbos, you might think that we have to tell people about this, tell people about when the holidays fall out." No, the Pasuk, once again, after Shabbos, Asher Tikri'osam. So it has this idea of mentioning Moadim around Shabbos. One of them tells us that um, the idea of Kiddush Chodesh Te'edim, at least, can, can push off Shabbos. You might think, well, once we're talking about this, if it's so important, maybe that pushes off Shabbos, the idea of, of, of making sure people know, also pushes off Shabbos, no. But again, there's an idea here that our conclusions about time aren't necessarily important. You might think, oh, Kiddush HaKodesh is so important. The idea of establishing the calendar is so important that it should push off Shabbos. But that's not the message, once again, the Torah is telling us. The Torah is telling us is that Hashem will determine, Hashem is telling us which things violate Shabbos, which things will violate Yom Tov, which things might violate Shabbos, and which things won't. So once again, the, Hashem is telling us the concepts of time. It's not necessarily left to our own. Just like when it's a question of us trying to figure out the future through practices of Ov and Yedoni. And at the very end of the Parsha, we have after the Moanim, there's a discussion of this individual who curses Hashem, the Magadif. And there's a question as to exactly, it says in the Pasuk that he went out. It says, Vayete, this is the uh, 10th Pasuk of Perak Chavdal, and it says he went out. Where did he go out from? So Rashi quotes uh, Medrash, and uh, it's the second 
opinion in the Medrash that Rashi quotes is Rabbi Barachi. He says he went out from the previous parsh which talks about the lechem upon him. He made fun. He says you put the lechem upon him in before Shabbos. You take it out after Shabbos. He says how are you you're gonna uh, the way of a king is to have hot bread every day. So you nine days you're gonna have cold bread. That was something that was too much for him. And that would cost him to blaspheme Hashem. And it occurs to me that we have in Perkeyavos a concept that one of the miracles that occurred at the base of Migdash was that everybody stood crammed in, but they had a place to bow. There are seeming space uh, limitations that no longer apply, I guess, once we get into the base of Migdash and in the Kodesh Kedashim, I believe it's the Gemara and Fabasra says the arm itself didn't take up any space because it t- talks about the measurements of the arm, but then it also talks about the measurements of the Kodesh Kedashim, and it says from one end of the arm is a certain number of amas, and the other end is another certain amount of amas, which would be the total length of the of the Kodesh Kedashim, um, but I, it, it couldn't be that it has that much space. If the iron itself takes up space, the Gemara therefore concludes it doesn't. So we see this idea that space doesn't necessarily matter the closer you get to Kedusha. Perhaps there's a certain amount of that when we talk about time as well. There's a Sforno at the beginning in Parsha's bow in the Mitzvah Kiddush HaChodesh that B'nai Yisrael are being free now, they are masters over their time. And I think that one of the lessons which kind of comes up in several different places, the beginning, middle, and end of Parshas Amor, is also time. That, again, we don't need to know the future through Ofen Yedoni. Hashem is going to tell us whatever we need to know, or, or through the Orem Vatumim, again, in Hashem's way. We talk about different things relating to Karbonos, and timing that applies, to make sure that, again, it's all done for Hashem. Talking about the rules of setting up the calendar, once again, through the way Hashem has told us. And then at the end of the Parsha, if there's a question as to how it, something could be, that you know the normal laws of, of physics or nature would tell us that you wouldn't have you know, desirable bread after nine days. But again, that's not something that we need to be concerned about. Uh, we have the ability to rise above time. And of course, if we're in the Omer period, it's all about rising uh, to new levels every day. And, and it's the idea of seven weeks or seven days, completing physical cycles. So we have this, again, this opportunity to realize that if we take, if we, if we seize on a, the, the potential that we have, we can rise above not just questions of space, but also questions of time. I wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. I thank you for listening, and I hope to see you again next time.